So I'm very excited to welcome a beautiful blonde bombshell, okay, on this episode. She's also uh, freaking rich, and that's why I invited her, guys, okay? She's the incredible Brooke. Uh, she gets great results uh, as a life coach for her clients. She's all the things, okay? She's, she's been a therapist. She's life coach. She helps heal you in the traditional way and the prescribed way. And uh, she knows all about our online coaching space. We're, I know we're just going to have so much fun. Uh, welcome. How are you doing? Hi, Leland. I'm really well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So good to have you here. So, um, so you're a life coach. And I just want to know, like, how can I also become a life coach and run a pyramid scheme to scam more people faster? <laughs> I love this question. So this is like an ongoing conversation in the coaching industry. If you watch people online that have been like, that are seasoned coaches like me, we're all starting to like really spoof the industry because like there's so many people that are like, quote, positioning themselves as experts when they're not. Um, mm. So I would say like, you know, the fastest way to like build the pyramid scheme is to just, mm. you know claim that you're something that you're not, um, become a mermaid coach, right? Or like a unicorn coach and so, charge money for it, which is ridiculous, but it's happening. That sounds pretty cool. A mermaid or unicorn. I just have to get the costume, right? Those actually exist, Leland. Like I've, I've like gone through people's profiles and been like, oh, what does this person do? And they're legit saying that they're a mermaid coach and it blows my mind. Oh my God. I need to do that. I think I need a shtick. So thank you. Buy a costume from Party Central. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a great idea. I can get behind that. I don't like to do the hard work and the inner work, but that's that I think I can do. Um, but you can so, go shopping. Yeah. I know, right? All right. You gave me permission to do shopping. I love that. Um, so do you think it's possible to be like you, to be rich and hot at the same time? Um, I do. I mean, if one of my mentors a while back always said something like, if it's possible for one person, it's possible for other people. So mm -hmm. the fact that it exists and we've even interviewed one of my mentors, Carrie Stanfield, she's also mm -hmm. hot and rich and a great yes. coach. Mm -hmm. So I think if it exists in any, in any way, then it can exist for other people. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, um, how would you describe like what coaching, live coaching in general to a five-year-old? I love this question. So I actually, I'm a super big word nerd. So like before I explain how I would say that to a five-year-old, like mm -hmm. the etymology of the word coach is really interesting. Please so don't back, use words like etymology. I'm ESL. I'm going to be confused. Etym what so like the origin mean? of a word. Oh, okay. The okay. origin of a word. So like okay. it goes behind the definition and like tracks the history of the word. Okay. Okay. So coach basically like before it became like a human, people would hire a, a horse and carriage and they called it a coach. Uh, so like people would hire a coach to take them from one point to another. Oh, okay. Right. Like so that. like, if you look at the origin of the word, it means like somebody or something or a vehicle, a chariot almost that takes you from one point to another. Mm -hmm. So for a five-year-old, I would kind of like use that and I would ask them, okay, sweetie, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And if they said astronaut, right, mm. then I would say, great. So as a coach, I would help you become an astronaut. Mm. Or you would hire a coach to get you from point A to point B, from where you are to where you want to go. Awesome. I love that explanation. I finally understand it now. I think after being five okay. years of confusion, thank you so much for clearing that up. I love that. Um, <laughs> you're so, yeah, you're coaching me already. I love this. 
and I didn't have to pay you money, which is great as a Chinese. That's right, it's free coaching. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is that. Giving Tuesday, apparently. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have money to give to charities, uh, so I'm going to ask other people to give to me. So thank you for being a giver, Brooke. I really appreciate that. Um, so what are some of the results that you've gotten for your clients? So I, I happen to be one of those people who like gives like a wide range of results. So mm -hmm. there's been times where I've worked with people and I've helped them get to like a 15k week or a 10k day. 15k, like 15,000. 15,000 in a week. Wow, that's amazing. Guys, can you hear it? 15,000. That's like what some people maybe make in like, I don't know, a quarter, right? Is that right? What's yeah, well, you'll get to a point eventually. So I've had like some people. Like I used to make thirty k a year as a as a counselor, so yeah, I understand. Like the, like, you doubled that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, like financially, I can help people make a lot more money just by like helping oh, them yeah. get more aligned and like get yeah. in their integrity and you know do what comes naturally to them. Mm -hmm. And then also things like. Um, like just yesterday I was working with someone and she had gotten noticed from her recruiter. She works in the medical healthcare industry, mm -hmm. um, that she had like a higher date set for February. And I was wow. like, well, do you, do you want a higher date in February? And she said, no, I actually want it now. Wow. I don't want to wait. And I gave her a very specific exercise to like release the hold on that. Mm -hmm. And she ended up getting an, a call back and they told her within 30 minutes that she was getting higher on December the night. Wow. Which was like, which is, I think, this week or next week, Monday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so there's all these, like, metaphysical things that I can do for people. Um, one of my clients came to me with, like, really bad anxiety, depression, in and out of the hospital for, like, strange health concerns. Mm -hmm. um, and she's off all of her meds and, you know, living a really, like, thriving, prosperous life. She just moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anxiety's gone, depression's gone, that kind of a thing. So... Mm -hmm. It just depends on the person and what they want. So mm -hmm. my job is essentially to listen to people and hear exactly what it is that they are longing for and want and desire mm -hmm. and like remove all the blocks so that they can get there quickly. That's awesome. So who are the clients that you enjoy working with the most? Oh, that's a good question. I love working with like people with a great sense of humor. I love working with people who are like open to coaching first of all, but also like very curious, like already on some sort of a self-awareness path. So like, I don't enjoy motivating people. That's not my shit. Mm. Um, people that work with me, like need to be self-motivated because I'm not holding people's hands. Right. Right. Um, so like self-motivated, curious, funny, fun, loving, um, like enthusiastic. Um, I just, the personality is really important to me because you spend so much time with your clients. Yeah. Right that like you need to enjoy their company. You need to like enjoy their energy too. Mm -hmm. I love that. So um, what would you say separates people who like get results uh, while working with you versus like just regular people who maybe like just year after year, they're just the same. Like what do you think separates successful people versus like uh, people who are stuck for lack of a better word? Mm, that's a really good question. What do I think separates the, the clients that I have that are stuck versus get results or just in general? I would say I was trying to position. So like your clients are here to normal people. Um, Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say most of my clients don't <laughs> yeah, leave without results. Clients, yeah, exactly. So I, was, I was trying to phrase, phrase this. Yes. But yeah. How do we separate people who 
like recognize that they need help and get it versus people are just like, oh, this is just my life. Uh, it sucks. And it's just going to be that way. You know, I, it's, I've thought about this a lot. And I sometimes wonder if it's just like an innate kind of resilience mm. or an yeah. innate drive that some people have yeah. um, and some people don't. Um, one of my mentors said something like, there's some people that have just naturally already made the decision that they want to better themselves and better their lives and better their circumstances. And there's nothing that can stop them. Right. So like I happen to be one of those people too. Like I just, I've always been that way. I've never not been trying to better myself or better my circumstances. So I guess like my clients all have, if that's a gene, I don't know. Like <laughs> My clients all have that. Like, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Everything makes sense now because you're so right. Because the people who are motivated, they will do everything that they need to do anyway, unless they don't have the tools or the education. And the yeah. people who don't have that gene, they're fine with it. Like they're okay with the regular life. And I don't know if they're sad or like they're okay with it, but they're, they're not mode enough. Yeah. So I, I think your, your definition was a best. So thank you for that. Um, so I think Oprah would even say the same thing. I've heard her story before and you know, even her, her background was like riddled with adversity and yeah, like, okay, really yeah. difficult challenges. And like, but you know, she just rose up out of it. Like she worked her ass off, but rose out of that, you know? So yeah, thank you for that. So you're talking about you like people with a sense of humor. So like, how, uh, who do you find funny besides me? <laughs> it's <this>. possible. <laughs> um, you know, and you, of course. Yeah, and you're me. number so, one. I'm like number. Yeah, two. who's like number? Two? <laughs> My sister is actually one of the funniest people that I've ever met. So like speaking of innate. My sister has this innate ability to entertain and like make people laugh that she's had like since we were kids. Is this a doctor one? She's a doctor, and I I like I push her all the time to be like, Aaron, I really think you need to like embrace this like comedic side of you because she is so natural and like just whips out the jokes and the deadpan and the humor, and it's just it's so naturally entertaining. So I would say my sister is the other funniest person that I know. And then I also recently started following Nicole Arbor on Instagram. Oh, who's that? Who's a comedian from Canada. She's amazing. What does she talk about? The reason why I love her so much is because she calls like everything out. And this is why I feel like comedians do such a great job in the world is because you guys are really like calling out what's happening Mm -hmm. and like sort of spoofing it in a way that like makes it relatable to people. So she talks about sort of like what's wrong with, you know, like our stereotypes of relationships or stereotypes of politics or stereotypes of self-care or self-love. So she talks about these like really important topics, but speaks about them like in this really like homegirl, also really educated, like really like authentic way, which I really respect. So like if somebody can be really authentic and um, say the truth, but also make it funny, like you have won me over. That's true. I'm going to check her out. She sounds really cool. Um, Because I feel like this is a difference between life coaches and comedians. Like, life coaches tell you, yeah, you can do this. You can make this happen. And uh, stand-up comedians tell you to kill yourself. So I think it's an interesting uh, balance between the two. Oh, you laugh. Which is, again, one of the reasons why I have such a a weird time with the word coach. Because, like, I don't, I'm not a cheerleader. Like, I won't be like, you've got this. You can do this. Like, I can't stand that. Yeah, you, um, you told me you, you had a really good effort. You elevate people to the next level of human being. Sorry, I already butchered mm-hmm. it. What do you think? Next level of, 
their okay. highest level of, of, of being a human. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's a great definition. I love that. And um, so you've kind of actually kind of traveled everywhere. So like, uh, why would you want to travel when you could just stay in one place your whole life? I don't understand. Can you, can you explain some of the traveling <laughs> stories? With you know, that's another thing that's been innate for me. Um, I remember in high school, having this like bug to get out of America. And I remember like feeling really non-patriotic ever since I was a little girl and like not really wanting to stay put. And I actually went on one of those um, like student exchange oh. programs over the summer when I was a sophomore in high school. And I went to France and I stayed in Avignon with a family. And then we traveled around France. I think it was maybe like a month or so, six weeks. And I completely fell in love with the whole experience. Like there was something about the anonymity and there was something about feeling like my story wasn't following me and like nobody knew who I was. Mm -hmm. So I feel like travel for me is like an opportunity to really be who you really are because you don't have the narrative following you. Mm -hmm. So it like gave me the sense of freedom that I hadn't experienced before and also a feeling that I was craving my whole life, but I didn't know how to solve it until I traveled. And then I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I've been wanting my whole life. And I finally understand what this feels like. Um, so then I did the same thing and went to study abroad in college, went to England for a semester, ended up coming back home, graduating from Vanderbilt. And then I moved back to England, one-way ticket, didn't plan on coming back. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was there, went everywhere, right? So I went to like, um, I actually went on this like really funny sort of bus tour. I was like 19 at the time. Um, and so it was like 30 or 40 of us. Basically, it was like this giant party bus. It <laughs> just like went all through Europe. Um, and we went to like Spain, France, the Riviera, Greece, um, Italy, Monaco, Switzerland, like all these really interesting places. So I just, I love traveling and I can't imagine like not letting myself travel, to be That's honest. Amazing. So it's, it's interesting because like, uh, because you're like a blonde American and I feel like this is very fascinating to me because like when you go outside of what your comfort is, you kind of get to see like how a different country looks at you. So like what are your thoughts on each of these countries on how they view like Americans or I guess how they viewed like your group? Mm. So here's something funny. The, when I went to England for the first time, I remember I was sitting at this pub. This was maybe like 1999, I think. Um, and we were all sitting around at this pub. I was with my flatmates. And we were all just having drinks. I was super excited because I could drink there. I wasn't 21 yet. Oh, yeah. um, and one of, these, one of the guys that was sitting at the table was like, oh, so you're American. And I was like, yeah. And they went, hold out your hands. And what? I was like, all right. So I held up my hands. And they went, oh, so what? you guys do have opposable thumbs. Dude, that was... That <laughs> I was, was like, oh, my God. Did you, like... Uh, no, I laughed hysterically because at the time, like, they were like, yeah, what we get over here at the time, they were like, we see, like, Jerry Springer, we see all the talk shows, we see, like, all these, like, really kind of, like, farces about you guys. Right. So they were like, our opinion of Americans is that you're all kind of dumb. And they were actually like, it's really nice to talk to you because you've just, like, disproven the stereotype because you're not. <laughs> you're, like, really enjoyable to be around and really educated. So that was my first taste of like what people thought Americans were like. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about French men. 
Uh, mm. Better than American men or same or worse? I have a whole theory about European men, especially Italian men. So French men, not quite, but Italian men especially, like they know exactly how to treat women, in my opinion. Can so you I, share some examples if possible? So yeah, I think, so this is like more about travel. So I think I was, I think it was the same trip when I was 19 or 20 and I went to Italy for the first time. And I was shocked, but also relieved that like men were just like giving me attention out of the blue on the street, but it didn't feel cat and it didn't feel disrespectful. It felt like, whoa, these men actually like genuinely appreciate females. They genuinely appreciate like women. They want to like, you know, adore you and shower you and take you to coffee and take you to lunch and take you to dinner. Like there were no strings attached. And I remember being like, I feel like I've been cheated my whole life because men in America don't treat us like that. Okay. Like, I could walk down the right street. Uh, Do I? I'm, hello? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. So, something. Oh, okay. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I, uh, where do you live now? I live in Virginia currently, but I'm moving back to Nashville in about three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, why, uh, just curious, what prompted your move? So if, if I lived... Not, yeah, yeah, it actually is totally relevant. So I, I'm super big on intuition and like listening to what my soul tells me to do. And if my soul tells me to do something, I do it. <laughs> so I was living in Nashville for like 16 years. And um, the last like three or four years of my stay, um, probably from like 2012 until 2016, um, I was really miserable and felt really stuck and frustrated. And I couldn't at the time get my business off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kept getting this feeling like you need to go home. Mm -hmm. My mind, my ego was like, absolutely not, I'm not going home. Mm -hmm. But my intuition kept saying like, just go home for a little while. You need to like regroup. You need to like sort of like unzip all this anxiety that you've been carrying. Mm -hmm. So I ended up coming back to Virginia and I've been here for three years. And mm -hmm. it was like one of the best decisions I've ever made because mm -hmm. being out in the country and like being able to breathe and like, sloughing off all of the city and honestly sloughing off the story that I had about myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it just let me unfurl and let me relax. And then my business essentially took off six months after I moved back here. Wow. That's so awesome. then I'm, I was like thinking like, okay, well, where do I actually want to move? I knew Virginia was temporary. So I thought I was going to go to LA that didn't happen. And ironically, I was visiting my sister, my other little sister who lives in Nashville um, last April or this past April. And like I said, I really listened to my intuition and what my soul was telling me. And I got off the plane from, Na um, from Virginia to Nashville and I had this feeling in my body like, oh, you're home again. Mm. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like I didn't plan on coming back to Nashville. I had no desire to come back to Nashville. But as I kept like walking around and like being in the city again. It was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm supposed to come back. Like this feels right. So that. went back a couple times to just like make sure that my feeling was correct and it was. So now I'm moving. That's awesome. I'm excited yeah. to see the new up level. So for you, like how can one pick a coach that is right for them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I've recently gotten into human design, which is this sort of like philosophy on how to live your life according to your own personal design. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's going to be different for everybody, but 
for me, I can speak from my experience and my client's experience. For me, like, I will know when, when it's the right person for me because I keep watching them or I keep like looking at their posts or maybe I've met them in person and they feel really authentic to me or they feel like outspoken in a way that almost feels arrogant. But like that, that like fine line between like, they know who they are, they know what they offer, they know their expertise mm -hmm. and like a little arrogant. I'm really attracted to that because it tells me that like, they're not scared to like piss people off. Mm. So I tend to go for coaches who obviously are offering value, obviously have ex experience and also um, put me in sort of an energetic state where I feel activated and celebrated and also pushed a little bit. I love that. That's a really good definition. I appreciate the fact that you actually put in like the arrogance of it because I think that's an unspoken elephant in the room. What do you guys call it? Yeah, elephant in the room. Or Pink elephant. Uh -huh. That's like this person's bragging so much about how she made them like a million dollars and stuff. But you need to see that to know it's possible. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so uh, we touch a little bit about like finances and life philosophy. So like, what are your thoughts on, um, I guess, how should I say this? What are your thoughts on like people who are, or I guess women who are wealthy? Because I think it seems to trigger a lot of people. Um, but I feel like a lot of life coaches uh, work with people who want to get to the next level and money is like the easiest thing to measure in terms of mm -hmm. just success in this society. So what are your thoughts on like uh, being a wealthy woman? What are my thoughts on being a wealthy woman? So there's a huge difference. This is only something that I can speak to now because mm -hmm. I've, I moved myself from like legitimately broke and really miserable to a place where I'm making six figures, multi six figures. My mm -hmm. goal is to make seven next year. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And yeah. what I can honestly say is that like the money, and I, I know that this is like cliched and like I used to hear this when I was making 30K a year and be like, this is horseshit. What are you talking about? Money doesn't change you. Um, but honestly, like moving myself from making, you know, sometimes less than 30K a year to making what I make now, mm -hmm. the money creates like more freedom, but it didn't change how I felt internally. Mm. So like the scarcity and the anxiety and the fear and the panic that I felt like almost every day when mm -hmm. I was not wealthy didn't go away because I started making a lot of money. It actually is only like, it only kind of alleviates when you really do inner work to discover like, okay, what is my nervous system gotten accustomed to? Ooh, like, what is my brain gotten itself accustomed to? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, my nervous system was so accustomed to highs and lows and like sheer panic and dread that I wouldn't make rent that like, even when I was making like, you know, my first 10 K months a couple of years ago, I still noticed that I got really scared around the first of the month mm. because my nervous system was habituated to being terrified that I wouldn't make rent. So I had to really like sit with myself and be like, sweetie, like you're okay now. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, this is, this is a story and it's a, it's a habit of like, it's okay to release this. Like I'm taking care of us now. Like it's okay. So it, I remember it took about six months of like consistently making um, those big 10K months at first for my body to finally trust me again. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Because I think what happens with scarcity is honestly becomes a trust issue. Like your body doesn't trust you to take care of it. Mm -hmm. So it does take a little bit of time in any relationship, right? So like with another human, it does take time to develop trust. Mm -hmm. So if you were say dating somebody who like broke your trust, it does take time for you to rebuild the trust. So if you're in a position or circumstances that you're generating fear and panic and fear and panic constantly, Mm -hmm. your body takes time to trust you again. So Mm -hmm. what I would say, like, that's probably the biggest misconception that like, even I had that before I, you know, got wealthy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like wealth is really a sort of a state of mind too, that just, Mm -hmm. it required for me a shift where I had to understand that like, the, the entire universe is abundant always mm-hmm. and always has been, always will be. And wealth is always here and always available. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of like tuning yourself into that bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I love that. You're so good at explaining this. So um, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I, I love how you're explaining this in like a simple, accessible way. And I think our readers can probably even feel in their bodies. Um, so my thoughts are, that's like, good that you said that because that's one of the things that people know me for is like breaking down like super yeah. woo esoteric things in a way that's like, oh, I get this now. Okay. So my thoughts are like, do you remember like your predominant thoughts when you're at like 30,000 versus like, let's say uh, now? Yeah. Like what, what do you think is the biggest difference in what you think about? Hmm. That's a great question. Let me float myself back to when I was broke. Hang on. I guess my predominant thoughts were something like, um, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Can I do this? Is it going to happen? When's it going to, that was a big one. When's it going to happen for me? When's it going to happen for me? I, this is okay. Here's the thing. It was more like, I know it's possible. I know it's possible. When's it going to happen? So I kept like focusing on the, like, I know I'm going to find a way. Like I have to find a way. I have to find the way I have to find the way. It took me a while to find the way. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, but it was mostly that, like, I know I can, there has to be a way for me to do this. I refuse to believe that I have to stay in this predicament. I refuse. Mm -hmm. And I, to the, to the detriment of myself sometimes, because my family kept saying things like, you need to get a real job. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I can't, I like my soul, like I viscerally could not surrender to like going back into the nine to five workforce. Cause I was like, so much of that feels so wrong to me. Mm-hmm. And if I did that, I feel like I would give up on my dream. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like accidentally like kept myself broke because I refused to go get a real job. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is going to work. It's going to work. I know it's going to work. I know it's going to work. Oh my God, I can't pay rent, but I know it's going to work. But I know it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. You articulate so many sentiments of people who just start on coaching because it's so common. I feel like, thank you for um, sharing that and being transparent with us like that. Man, you're so smart. I can't even ask my stupid questions now. Um, <laughs> this is good because <laughs> hopefully our listeners get, get some, like, cause you, you're, you're offering so much value already. This is one of my favorite interviews. Uh, so oh, thank you. Yeah, seriously. So, um, um, can you share with us a little bit about how you did your 60,000, uh, launch and this is not a typo 60,000 was her launch. Um, what, can you just walk us through briefly about how that is? Cause I feel like a lot of people can't even wrap their heads around it. So can you totally? Yeah. yeah. 
so I think that was, gosh, that was like a year and a half ago. Um, so I had, it was, it wasn't accidental, but like there were things that I was doing before that, that actually helped me create that. Mm. So what I would say, um, it was around, I think, March or April of last year. And I created a mastermind called the Next Level Mastermind at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I had sold that mastermind out in like a two-week period. And so I had 10 motivated women who were already in that program with me. And then I also, looking back, had been like super transparent about my process of like raising myself up. Like, I, this is where like the arrogant piece kind of came into play. Like, I don't think it's even fair to say arrogant. Sorry, I just had to butt in, but um, okay, sorry. I really wasn't arrogant, but I know I was perceived as arrogant because my friends told me <laughs> that, like, that I could be arrogant. Um, so I was like transparent about saying like, I just had my first 10K month, like scared shitless to say that out loud publicly, but I said it anyway. And then I was like, oh my God, I just have a 7K day. Oh my God, I just had a 12K month. Oh my God, I just had a 14K month. Oh my God, a 20K. So I was like sharing this information with people. So people mm -hmm. got to watch my process. Mm, I love that. So not only was, were people like watching me in this process and also knowing me, knowing how like honest and authentic I am as a person. So it was like, well, if Brooke's doing it, I get this all the time. Like if Brooke's doing it, it must be real because she doesn't lie. Like she's very like honest about everything that she does. So all these other coaches were like saying things that seemed totally unreal and they wouldn't believe that, but because it was me, they, they believed it. So like, like, anyway, they watched me in this process. So people knew that I was like rising up and rising up and gaining momentum and gaining momentum. And I had like new branding photos and a new website. So like all these things were happening for me. And then I had the mastermind. And so I just sort of seamlessly opened up. I think it was four spots for one-to-one -one coaching the next month. And at the time, my one-to-one -one coaching packages were 15k for six months mm -hmm. so I basically just sold four of those in like a 10-day mm -hmm. period and that's how I had the 60k month okay. does that make sense yeah that's incredible thank you for breaking down the math because that makes it so much more like real to I guess normal people and just uh coaches in general because it is like it's a masculine and the feminine you know and then I think we can talk about this all day as well uh, but thank you. Thank you for breaking that down. Sure. And, um, okay. So, okay. Stupid question. Uh, but we have to make this uh, a little bit more accessible to normal people. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, this is great. I love it. Um, so if you had to pick cats or horses, which lady is the craziest for liking them? Well, I have cats and I used to ride horses. So... Okay. So perfect person. Equally crazy. Perfect. Doubly crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can think I'm doubly crazy. Horses are richer cat ladies, though, right? Horses are richer cat ladies. Interesting. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you do have to have some money to have a horse. Right, right, right. Um, they're expensive pets. How much is a horse? How was your question, love? How was that like? I loved it. So, like, honestly, um, I started riding horses when I was, like, I mean, five. So my granddaddy was a cattle farmer. So I was around like livestock constantly and we had horses on the farm. So I would like ride around when I was really little. Mm -hmm. And then I started competitively riding when I was nine mm -hmm. um, and then kept riding um, competitively till I was about 20, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I absolutely adored it. I mean, I did everything, show jumping, dressage, cross country, hunter, show jumper, all the things. Um, and to be honest, 
like when I look back on that time period of my life, riding horses was one of the first ways, riding horses and dancing was one of the first ways that like really got my body accustomed to reading energy. Mm. Because when you ride a horse the right way, at least, like you really have to be like simpatico with them. And like oh, feel what? like all like, the nuances. Oh, so like you're in sync with the horse, and the horse trusts you. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah, tried like, the horse, and it was not having it. It was like you suck, get away from me. Because I was so scared, and and then the horse picked up on the scared energy. So that's- well, think about it. Think about it. Like if you had like a I don't know like a smaller version of you like yeah, on your back that was like you. yeah. riddled with panic, you'd be like, girl, yeah, calm down. <laughs> I think it would uh, react exactly like that. It would say, girl, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, okay. Uh, since I'm a, a diamond digger, I've upgraded from gold digger status. Uh, I would saw you your post. Advise- I love yeah. that. Now it's cryptocurrency because uh, I just interviewed <laughs> So uh, w- would you it. advise uh, picking up uh, equestrian sports to find a rich man? Hmm. But I advise picking up equestrian sports to find a rich man. You know, to be honest, there there are, there were not a lot of men in the equestrian world when I was a kid. Granted, like I wasn't looking for men at the time, but it's mostly women who are riding horses. So I guess like if you want to marry a woman, <laughs> I'm down. I don't care what gender, as long as you throw money at me and I can you know pursue my comedic career in peace. I might. I think. Do women like Asian women? Is that the stereotype? I'm gonna have to find out, but. Um, how can we, uh, learn more about you? Uh, what are the projects that you're working on, on now? How can we stalk you? Ooh. Um, so the best place to stalk me is Instagram. Ooh. I love Instagram. Um, I feel for whatever reason, like more authentic on that platform. Facebook feels a little bit wonky to me for some reason. Um, Instagram, my handle is Brooke underscore Kaylin. You can find me on Facebook if you want. Um, my website is super simple. It's brookkalen.com. That's a really great way to just like surf and stalk and like see what I'm up to and about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm doing two programs right now. I'm in the middle of one called Aphrodite Rising, which is about helping women um, really like align with their integrity, their soul purpose, their sexuality, their feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also in the middle of my second launch of Money Mindset Mastery, mm. um, which basically shifts people's consciousness into prosperity. So I teach money in a very different way than most people do. I teach money in a way that like shifts the way that the consciousness feels about it and thinks about it Mm -hmm. so that the results and the effects change too. So people on that program, I got some really like awesome results from clients in there. One, one woman um, had like a 27 K five week period of time. Like that was her highest income. Um, a few others had their first 10 K months. Um, they were like, people were getting like refund checks in the mail, like crazy. So like, it seems like magic, right. To like a person looking Can on. I marry you one of your clients? Can you marry one of my clients? Yes. That sounds like a good deal for me. Maybe I'll try to play matchmaker for you. I don't have any male clients at the, at like right now I have mostly female clients, but um, I, if I, switch, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you what, you can come visit me in Nashville <laughs> because we will have a, a hoot. I will take you to all the hot spots. We will have a blast. And yeah. I drink. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love hanging out with hot women because you guys take me to like better places and the men treat you guys better. And then me by kind of like association, I'm down. I love that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Um, and uh, what kind of people do you prefer working with? And like, are you taking in new clients right now? I am. I just actually opened up spots for a six to 12 month mentorship. Um, the invitation for which is actually um, my first Instagram and, and Facebook posts that are up right now. Um, so that one's for like, um, I'm taking one or two women for that. Um, and they're, like I said before, like self-motivated women who are really interested in like um, living at their highest level as a human. Um, so, and it's not compartmentalized. So it's, you know, wealth, finances, career, romance, relationship, all of those things will like, I'm, I'm interested in helping them express at their highest level in all areas. So that just opened. I have two spots for that for 2020. Um, and then the way that I do one-to-one -one coaching is, um, you know, when people know, they know. Mm -hmm. So, um, I used to launch my one-to-one -one coaching, but mm -hmm. I find that I just kind of like send out an invitation and people see it and say, yes. Mm -hmm. um, do I have anything else coming up? Yeah. I'm focused on Aphrodite rising and money mindset mastery. Those both finish, I think um, either end of this year or um, beginning of next year. Mm -hmm. And then I pretty, I do like spontaneous things. So whenever I create a program, it's, it's very much like spontaneous based on what feels right and what feels like wants to come forward from me. Um, so I'm really interested in working with people right now who want to feel not just be, but also feel like fully expressed mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually. So those are the kind of people that I'm working with right now and that I would love to work with. Perfect. And can you spell out like your website name and your last name so we can, uh, you properly? Yeah. And so it's, it's Brooke with an E and then my last name is Kaylin, K-A-L-A-N. So my website is brookkalen.com and then Instagram and Facebook are both Brooke. Woohoo! Uh, right. Instagram, it's underscore Kalen, obviously. I mean, please stalk her Instagram. Her Instagram is freaking beautiful, just like she is. And, oh, uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm super vain too. I love like getting my picture taken. Like that's a whole other yeah. side. Like people need to be super honest about like what they really enjoy. Like I grew up dancing, like I love dancing. I love performing. I love being in front of the camera. So like, if you go to my Instagram, you'll, you'll see that like, I really enjoy that. It makes me feel really happy. I love it. Cause like men don't even pay attention to you if you're not. So I'm like, yeah, let's get it ladies. You know, let's, let's uh, share our beauty with the world. Cause it's selfish to keep your beauty to yourself. That's what I feel anyways, but she's beautiful. Uh, oh, I'm gonna put an awesome picture. Yeah, seriously, we should celebrate that. It's I don't even think it should be. It's just it's just normal, you know. It's just who you are. Just be. Uh, what what do they call it? Just like a pre. I just hate. What is it called? The one movement where it's okay to be anything. Body acceptance. Maybe. Mm. But uh, stalker page. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on this interview. I learned so much about. I'm so glad. You know, the mentality and mindset. I can't even be stupid with you. So thank you uh, for <laughs> me and the, and the listeners. I really appreciate it. Guys, check out her website. Check out her Instagram. Um, you guys will get a lot more. If you think you got value here, uh, you're gonna, this guy's going to be blown away. So thank you so much, Brooke. Really thank you so much it. for having me. This was so yeah. fun. Absolutely. Hope you have you on future episodes to come. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love that.